Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Is that brilliant or stupid? Were they just trying to get people to buy it? Yes. Yeah. Here, Here, buy this by mistake. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. I think I also have to uh, introduce the dehumidifier and air conditioning system that now we have running in the background. Gentlemen, go ahead. It, it's guys, the other guys. Gentlemen, oh, really? please uh, introduce yourself. Yes, we have them going because this studio flooded, and uh, maybe next time we won't have it, but right now we do. Do you remember right before the hurricane hit Tammy Burns, back in a simpler time, a fellow named Spencer Eldon, he's 30 years old right now, he sued Nirvana. And not just Nirvana, but everybody who had been in Nirvana. Yes. Because they committed child pornography. Was he the baby? He was. He was the baby. He was the baby on the front of the Nevermind LP. Wait, which, wait, wait. Did, which, did, go did ahead. We, did we see his wee-wee? We saw his wee-wee. Uh, the thing was... The Nevermind LP was released on September 24th. Ask me how I know that. How do you know that? That's our wedding anniversary. Oh, yes. If I'm not mistaken, that's the reason we chose it. No, it's not. But this guy, Spencer Eldon, 30 years old, he was in a swimming pool when he was an infant with his little Eldon exposed. He states that it was child pornography. Here's the problem. He's been photographed in that pose, if you will, multiple times and has enjoyed some semblance of, what would you call it, fame off of Uh, uh, it. Even as an adult? Even as an adult, (gasps) sure. But no, he didn't have his adult Eldon showing at the time. No, his his parents were paid $200 for the original. Now, Quote, non-sexualized nude photos of infants are generally not considered child pornography under law. However, Eldon's lawyer, a guy named Robert Lewis, alleges that the inclusion of currency in the shot makes the baby appear, quote, like a sex worker. So the bill on the hook is his defense. Now, what's going on? He's 30 years old. He did this as an infant. Why now? You know why? Because he needs money. Because his mom is still sending that picture out as their uh, Christmas card. Oh, I would be. For the rest of your life. That (laughs) nude of you 
with the the word Nirvana there? Oh yes. You think so? When his girlfriends come over and you, hi, I'm his mother. Oh, look at these pictures. That's Don't right. Don't you see? This is what you're in for. Eldon is asking for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars from each, not just overall, from each of the defendants, uh, including surviving band members Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, Courtney Love, the executor of Cobain's estate, Gary Osher, and Heather Perry, managers of Cobain's estate, photographer Kirk Weddle, art director Robert Fisher, and a number of existing or defunct record companies that distributed the album. He's even asked for the money from Nirvana's first drummer, Chad Channing. What does Channing have to do with it? I don't it? know. Were you on the list? Does he want money from us as well? I don't quite see my name on there. Okay, so what are we doing today? First of all, I, I think that's a money grab, and I find it funny, and maybe he just wants the fame out of it, knowing he's not going to get the money. But is this the only time that someone has sued a band over their picture or their artwork being put on the front of an album? Yes. Oh, absolutely yes. not. And I have four pages full of stories of people who have sued a band because that band used their image either without their knowledge or more than they wanted them to use it. So this one's for you, Spencer. It's from Nirvana, and we're going to talk about suing the album covers here on Rock School. Coming out of Spencer Eldon's album, Nevermind, by Nirvana, Jay-Z sued Jonathan Mannion for misuse of the photo on the front of the album, Reasonable Doubt. He took the photo for the album, and when he took the photo, he believed that, look, I can do whatever I want with this photo. And yeah. that wasn't true. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit accusing Cher of stealing a typeface created by a New York graphic designer for her 213 album, Closer to the Truth, without permission. This is one of those things where you go on and it says, you know, a thousand and one fonts. Right, And right. you download it and yeah. such. And I guess if you're just using it for your Pokemon World of Wonder website, you're okay with it. But this ended up on the front of Cher's album. Uh -huh. It's one of those things, do you want to really sue for it? Or would you rather, it's a Cher album. Would you rather just simply say, hey, why don't you put a thing on the back that says the font was created by Fred Jones. And by the way, I have the guy's name, Moshik Nadav. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but just give me a credit. And I think they'd have gone, okay, oh, and that would a, have been it. Give me a signed album. That's what I want. Yeah. Let yeah. me meet Cher. Let me come to one of her concerts and That's shake it. her hand. And I think they'd have made that happen. Okay, so what are we going to play? Van Halen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we are. One family brought a $2 million lawsuit 
against Van Halen, who allegedly printed their home phone numbers in the liner notes to 1991's album for unlawful carnal knowledge. Now, here's what happened. If you have the, and I have to say for unlawful carnal knowledge each time, because you know what the first letters of each word spell out. If you look at the gatefold on the inside, it just simply shows pictures of them in and around the 5150 studio. And outside the studio, there's a picture of Ed sitting in his, uh, what do you call it, the, the Van Halen Stripes logo. He has a golf cart that's painted in that. Oh, nice. And behind him uh-huh. is this chalkboard that then has kind of a roof over top of it. And it's right. one of those sort of open to anyone, put your notes here. Uh-huh. And there's a series of phone numbers on there. Well, the phone numbers that were on the chalkboard obviously went out with the pictures. June 15th of the year the album came out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It says here the defendants, Stanley, Tracy, Catherine, and Kara McNutt, had their phone number published on that picture. Their phone number appeared in a one and a half by two and a quarter inch photograph. Who cares about the size of it? If a fan is a fan, he or she is going to find a way to read that phone number. Right, right. It says here that when they weren't the Van Halens, it got on the internet, this is the address, all that. The McNutts claimed that their garage was firebombed, their vehicles and their garage doors were spray painted, their tires were slashed, and the album's hidden obscenity for unlawful carnal knowledge was spray painted on their driveway. The McNuts are Christians and have suffered emotional distress, which is why you say, now wait a minute, you're a Christian group, what are you doing on the Van Halen board? How well, I did, mean, what's going on? Who put the numbers there? It, it, what happened was the number was to somebody else, but the way it was written, it was so easily misread, so it wasn't their number. It was a number that was created by misreading some of the numbers the way they were written. I hear you. It was meant to be somebody else, but their number was the one that was read. At the moment, we don't know if they've received any money or not. I could not find a conclusion to this. It could be that the Van Halen brothers are just stringing them along and maybe they'll go away. What's that? I bet they paid the money. I'll bet they did too. They just quietly said, look, here's the money to move and and such. Van Halen's the number 15 selling band ever. Believe me, they can buy you a new house and and move you somewhere. So here's Ed and the boys on Van Halen's Rock School. All 
right, just a little bit of time before the first break, we're talking about people who got sued over their album covers. Vampire Weekend, the New York City band, used a Polaroid shot for the cover of their 2010 album, Contra. The woman on the front was Anna Kirsten Kennis, who is a professional supermodel. Nice. And here's the thing. It was a, a Polaroid shot. Mm-hmm. When somebody goes for a modeling job, often what they'll do is take some Polaroid shots of them and say, thank you very much. And then the Polaroids will be laid out before the client. And, you know, which one do you like? Oh, bring these three girls in. And then right. that'll be that. Okay. Right, right. One of those shots, one of those just click, click, click shots, because if you, if you know the shot, you can look it up real quick. If you know the shot, she's just sort of, half smiling you know stand there click thank you one of those and what happened was the fellow who took the picture i don't have his name here i'm saying his because in the story it said it was a he what happened was he had these you know polaroids and vampire weekend said she's pretty can we use her yeah sure so he signed the piece of paper Now, that's a problem. Why? Because she, I know she's the person in the picture. Yeah. But he took the picture, so the picture is his property. Okay. We went over this with a professional photographer one time. You go to a concert. You take a picture of a band in concert. Uh Who owns the picture? The photographer. The photographer does. So she, Anna Kristen, or Kirsten Kennis, filed a $2 million lawsuit claiming the photo... uh, was a forgery and the 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 why can't i come up with it the uh signature was a forgery because apparently one of them was her his was fine but apparently one of them was her Mm -hmm. what's probably going to tip this is the fact that he forged her signature had he not he had every right to sell that picture. Wow. It's his. So wow. when it happens, we'll probably have the answer to it. Here you go. It's Vampire Weekend here on Rock School. Coming into the first break, we're talking about uh, albums where whomever was on the cover sued the band for doing it. The Dead Kennedys, if if you know nothing about the Dead Kennedys, you probably know the album Frankenchrist. And the only reason you know it was in the mid-80s, there was the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center. I've also heard it, the Parents Music Resource Council. It was Tipper Gore and everybody that got us that little black and white sticker. Right. That sort of warned parents, hey, there's bad words on this album, which only said to teenagers at the time, hey, there's bad words on this album. Buy it now. Shut up and take my money. The Dead Kennedys found out in 1985 from their album Frankenchrist that the Detroit Shriners were not nice people. No. There is a picture of four Detroit Shriners in their little cars with their fezes on. Ah. It was a, a, a picture that somebody snapped that was given to them and they used it. What happened was the Shriners, and, and this is where the Shriners turned themselves back 
back into good people. They met with the band and just simply dropped the case after talking with the band. Because I get the feeling these were four 60-year-old men and you know, those rock and rollers. <laughs> and then they met the band and they're like, hey, you're people, you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly. Heck with it. Uh, and this one I absolutely love. We'll go into the break after this one. Last December, a judge ruled that model Kevin Brophy Jr.'s lawsuit against Cardi B from the cover of the album Gangsta. It's the word. It sounds like witch, but starts with a B. Okay. Gangsta mm, Music Volume 1 could go to trial. Okay. What's the problem? Here's the thing. On the cover is Cardi B lying back with a gentleman performing, shall we say, an act uh-uh. upon her. No. Okay, fine. You can't see the man, but what you can see is his back. Can't see his face, but you can see his back. Is it a good back? It's a, it's a great back. It's a buff guy. Ooh. The problem is the tattoo... Oh, dear. Is the property of this fella, Kevin Brophy. And you're not allowed to use art without getting permission. Get out. So this is now in the courts. It's not the fella that's on the album cover. Oh, it's the tattoo. Aw. Cardi will probably just pay him off and that'll be that. Who's listening to us? KSKQ, Ashland, Oregon. It's getting harder and harder to do this show without saying something dirty. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, we're talking about people who sued bands or artists over the album. The Rolling Stones have an album from 1978 titled Some Girls. A fellow by the name of Peter Coriston did all the artwork. He was the guy that did like physical graffiti. And if you remember, physical graffiti had holes cut in the front. And when you pulled the inner sleeve out, what was in the windows changed. Well, the same die cut art was done for some girls. Right. I remember that. What it was was a bra ad and the faces of the Rolling Stones showed up. Right. It started as a wig ad and the problem is and it's probably not an album cover you've seen but if you search some girls lucille ball you'll find it because lucille ball was the first of a bunch of women to threaten a lawsuit followed by raquel welch also judy garland and marilyn monroe because the wig company chased down its own settlement as well. So the whole thing had to be changed to this nondescript cover because those were actual people they were that in, they were putting. They, they were in the advertisement, but it wasn't a bra advertisement with them. It was a wig advertisement. Okay. Seriously, go look up Lucille Ball, Some Girls, and you'll see the cover that was its original. It's all been since changed 
The early pressings are fantastic collector's items, and as a matter of fact, you think usually the Rolling Stones are like, you know, well, that's great, you know, man, we've got, we've got all kinds of press because of this. Oh, absolutely not. It seems that Mick Jagger actually tracked down some of these ladies and personally apologized to them. How wow. about that? How Very about that? Cool. Oh, yeah. Here we go from Some Girls when Whip Comes Down here on Rock School. to the bottom of the hour. Tell me if this is idiotic or brilliant. There's a band called Negative Land, and they put out an album in 1991 called U2. I'm going to call my next album Van Halen. U2. U2. No, they did not. The album cover features a giant logo, U2. Two with the band's name in very small text beneath that gargantuan logo. Is that brilliant or stupid? Were they just trying to get people to buy it? Yes. Yeah. Here, here, buy this by mistake. Hey, man, Bono sounds weird. I don't like it. Island Records sued the band for use of the misleading album cover because U2 is a trademark of the label. I don't know. Is that I think that might be genius. Welcome to the bottom of the hour. I'm Joe Burns. You I are? I am Tammy Burns. Don't jump on me. Here are the dates for seven days and 70 seconds. They are October 11th all the way through October 17th, getting closer to your favorite holiday, Halloween. But now you got Monday. Go. October 11th, 2018, Kanye West visits the White House and goes on a 10-minute rant about loving the president. You know, as Donald Trump stared at the dude in the Oval Office. <laughs> when Donald Trump stares at you like, oh, man. He loves me. Yeah, you know you got a problem. October 12, 1996, Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar is kept from the number one spot by Celine Dion's Falling Into You. October 13, 2017, Dolly Parton donates $1 million to the Vanderbilt University Children's Hospital in Nashville, which helped her niece battle leukemia. October 14, 1992, Leonard Bernstein dies at 72. October 15, 1960, the traditional lineup of the Beatles comes into existence when Ringo Starr replaces Pete Best. October 16, 1982, Dolly Parton's song, I Will Always Love You, titles the chart for the second time after doing it first in 1974. It did it, by the way, the second time because of the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It will then do it again when it's sung by Whitney Houston in The Bodyguard. It's the only time that a single song tops the charts three times. Take that as a piece of trivia. October 17, 2017, Selena becomes a Google Doodle to remember the anniversary of her passing. If you clicked it, it sang Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. Now, the one we are going to play. 
I don't know if this is a lawsuit, but it certainly got people upset. There's a band called Bow Wow Wow, and they had an album called Sea Jungle, Sea Jungle, Go Join Your Gang, Yeah, Yeah, City All Over, Go Ape Crazy. Great title. It's from 1981. At least it's short and sweet and everyone can remember it. The cover of the album is a recreation of Manet's painting Le Something in French, Something More in French, and then Something Else in French. The band's then 14-year-old lead singer, Annabelle Wynne, is nude. Now, you don't see anything, but the fact still remains 14-year-old and nude. The cover causes an outrage in the United Kingdom that leads to an investigation by Scotland Yard, which, by the way, is brought on by Lewin's mother. The cover was replaced and never appeared on the American issue. Now, here's the problem with going out of your way to upset and, you know, in, investigate that kind of thing. It's like saying to a five-year-old kid, now your favorite cookies are in that cookie jar over there. Mm-hmm. Don't you go anywhere near that cookie jar when I leave this room. Right. Everybody went and bought the silly thing. Sure they did. Here's Bow Wow Wow on Rock School. I don't like you. I don't like you, town. I don't want to like you. I'll shop around. You. I don't want you town. Wow, the wild in the country. What's nice in the glass? Coming into the second break, of all the ones I found, this is one of my favorites. Dido has a 2008 album called Safe Trip Home. It is this shot from a spaceship out into the nothingness of space with a little white dot generally in the center, maybe a little above center. And if you look real hard at it, you can see that it is an astronaut making a spacewalk. You could barely make out that it's a human, <laughs> let alone who it is. Okay. Well, who it was was Bruce McCandless. He was photographed on, quote, a pioneering spacewalk. Why? He was untethered. He was all by himself Whoa. out there. Yeah. Whoa. It was two decades before the album came out. He did not own the copyright to the picture, but he sued Dido, Getty Images, and Sony Music anyway in 2010, citing, quote, his endorsement value of the album and his persona being used without permission. And guess what? He won. Really? It was settled in 2011 for an undisclosed amount, and he, Bruce McCandless, said he was very happy with the amount, which only leads me to believe if I say I'm happy with the amount... It's a I'm, lot of money, I'm huh? happy with the amount. Van Morrison's 2017 album Roll With The Punches had a photo of former wrestler Billy Two Rivers and his signature mohawk hairstyle. Billy didn't like that. And Van said, well, I don't want to get punched. So it was swapped out after a lawsuit and an ensuing settlement paid by the group of people who run the, the setup there. Uh, Gob has an album called Green Beans and Almonds, and it had the green giant on the front of it as in ho 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 green giant uh, and of course green giant company sued him they had to take it down here's the one that's kind of gross there is a rapper called pusha t has an album called daytona 
Every time a famous, famous person dies, especially if they die young, there's a lot of crime scene photos that somehow, and I'm doing air quotes, leak right, out. Right. Whitney Houston, obviously, I say obviously, if you don't know, she died in a bathtub. She was so high on whatever drug she was using, she simply slipped beneath the water in a bath and drowned. Well, there was a picture of not only her, but of the bathroom where it happened. And you can see on the counter the pill bottles and things like that. Right, right. Well, Pusha T, and by the way, it's P-U-S-H-A, Pusha T, used that picture of the bathroom for the front of his album. No, that's so wrong. Terribly bad taste. Bad taste. Uh, Yeah, a, a lawsuit was brought on behalf of Houston's family by Kanye West. Uh, for $85,000, stating that the family found the artwork disgusting and disrespectful. And to be honest with you, me too. Me too. I'm in. Yeah, I don't know the result of it, but there you have it. And you know what? Good for Kanye. Oh, I agree. I agree, because Whitney Houston's family probably didn't have the coin. I know. Who's listening to us? WOUB, Athens, Ohio. Excellent. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, we're talking about bands that were sued by people who didn't like what was done with their album covers. In January 2012, the Velvet Underground, which was really Lou Reed and John Cale, sued in a New York federal court claiming that the artwork of the Velvet Underground album... Do you know what that artwork was? No, what was it? It was the banana... Oh, really? That on the first releases of it had a fuzzy yes, on it and, yes. and such. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. The, the the settlement was reached. There was a settlement done. It was re- reached with the estate of Andy Warhol because they were using the banana yes. as you know Andy Warhol created it. Right. But the lawsuit was because Lou Reed and John Cale said, okay, look, I understand using the Marilyn Monroe's. I understand using the crackle art. Mm-hmm. I understand using the soup cans. But look, that that banana, yes. even though it was created by him, now really represents the Velvet Underground more than it does Andy Warhol. Wow. And even though nobody said, yes, you are right, you win, a settlement was reached in it. Because that one's a little bit backwards here. And the one we're going to play, a guy named Carl Ferris, uh, he took the famous picture on the front of the Jimi Hendrix Experiences album, Are You Experienced? That was their debut back in 67? I'm going to have to check that, but uh, 67, I think it is. And uh, he filed a lawsuit against members of the Hendrix Family. Okay, why? Again, backwards. If you remember, Jay-Z had a photo taken and the photographer was using the photo and Jay-Z said no. In this one, the photographer owned the photo. The family was licensing the photo for T-shirts and posters and all that kind of stuff so they could make money. Right. But they weren't cutting in the photographer. So the photographer said, uh-uh. 
So, you know, goes this way or that way. What mm-hmm. did the scarecrow say? You can go this way or you can go that way. You can go it, that way. It, it, it goes both ways, I guess. So here you go. Jimi Hendrix Experience on Rock School. Coming into the last break, if you're looking for yet another collector's item, much the same as the original Some Girls album we talked about earlier, Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde from 1966 originally had nine black and white photos. One of them was of actress Claudia Cardinale that Dylan selected from these huge, you know, portfolios of pictures that were made available to her. Well, Cardinale was not asked, so as soon as it came out, her photo was subsequently removed. So if you can find one that has her on it, it's worth a little bit of coin. Sweet. Sonic Youth's album Sister had the Magic Kingdom on it, and you'll notice that later pressings of it have a giant bark code over ah. top of it that was sort of the agreement wow. between the mouse and sonic youth you guys better stop that that's my Nasty. mickey mouse there's a band called tad they have an album called eight way santa here's the thing they were looking through a thrift store one day and they found a big stack of photos and they paid like 50 cents for it right one of them was a girl in a bikini top next to a guy and the guy is holding her breast okay Okay. they used it for the the front of their album yeah all right yeah yeah well the young lady had become a born-again christian and they they got sued oh no i don't know anything else about it Ah. the young boy who appeared on the cover of placebo's debut album has threatened to sue the band for ruining his life. His name is David Fox. If you don't know it, look up the placebo. Look up placebo, if you will. You'll find an album where a kid has got his hands just under his eyes, like that famous Home yeah. Alone pose. Except he's pulling his eyes down and he's looking up. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, that's the picture, and he has claimed he's going to do this. Uh, he's going to sue them because he has received notoriety, and it led to bullying, and he had to quit school oh and all that. Oh, my god! The band has not replied to the claims. Okay. And the one we're going to play to wrap it up. Matchbox 20's arguably most famous album is called Yourself or Someone Like You. It got sued in 2005. The front of it has this heavy set guy who's wearing a flying helmet. It's this leather thing over top yeah. with the goggles sort of pushed up onto the forehead. Right, I remember that. He, the guy, I don't have his name here, sued the band in 2005, citing emotional distress. Yes, I it was. Do not have. Give me some money. I do distress. not have. Is that is that how you do it? You you get yourself with a band, you get your picture taken, and then later on sue them for emotional distress. Uh, I have emotional distress right now. I don't know why you haven't sued me. That'll wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Done. Classes dismissed.